This is ADHD. I am your host, Chris Johnson. I work with people that want to change their lives and work for the better. I'm also a late diagnosed ADHD. For first time listeners, this podcast is about showing what ADHD looks like outside of the mainstream media. I was diagnosed with combined type ADHD in 2023, and I really struggled with that label at the time. As I looked around, I could not see other people that looked like me in the ADHD community. It took time, it took some coaching, and it took finding other people that sounded like me and had the same experiences as me before I could come to terms with having and being ADHD. I hope with this podcast and by sharing these interviews with people that you can see yourself as someone with ADHD. Today is episode two, ADHD and the lost diagnosis. I'm joined by my brand new friend, Chris Lay. Chris is a firefighter and he was diagnosed later in life, just before his 50s. We talk today about misdiagnosis in his early life and the impact it had, not just on himself, but also the ongoing impact it's had with the lack of awareness of ADHD that it has on his family even to this day. I do want to say there are some issues, technically, with the recording. At the end of the conversation, we've lost some of those discussions if i'm able to recover some more of the episode in the future i will release it as extra bonus footage um, but there's no promises on that thank you so much for listening to my podcast let's get into the episode so in today's episode i am joined by firefighter chris lee uh, who describes himself as a sports and fitness fanatic with a strange habit of meditating in an ice bath. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. I'm not too bad, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, getting there. Getting there. Very excited. Very excited. So it's yeah, fun to be doing like a diversity podcast, and we're both called Chris. <laughs> so it's it make it easier because, yeah, well, yeah, we, our brains don't, uh, you know, don't remember things, so we can keep it simple. Chris yeah. is great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so um, how would you describe your ADHD? How would I describe it? Well, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a good question. Um, it's challenging. That's mm. the best way to, to describe ADHD mm. from my point of view. Mm. Um, I suppose, um, with, with being late diagnosed mm. only, I mean, I'm 49 and I only got diagnosed mm. a couple of months ago. Um, I've lived my whole life with it without knowing it was there mm. and, and what, why it was, I, I just thought I was, you know, mm. normal and, and everybody felt the same way, but yeah, my my ADHD is it, I struggle with it. It it causes me a lot of anxiety mm. and, and and problems like that. And, and that's how I kind of like how it's manifested all them years that I didn't mm. know about it. Obviously, there's there's other traits and things that mm. that, that, that with that, but but certainly, um, I've had a terrible time with with depression and anxiety over the years, and that's how it manifests. But yeah, 
looking back on my life because I think we got diagnosed about the same time as well it's like the anxiety the depression uh the struggling through life and things be just being a bit harder yeah, kind of really yeah it just it, it does it's just it, it's kind of like 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 that sort of that sort of not fitting in mm. that everybody sort of says that that's how it is it's sort of walking into a room looking around and and sort of feel not feeling like you're in the right place or you know mm. and that's that's it, it has been a struggle for me with 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 in that in them regards but yeah it's it's certainly um it's certainly something that's affected my life uh and and you know, I've, I've struggled immensely with it, um, but but now post diagnosis, I'm sort of mm. starting to learn a little bit more about it, and and kind of like finding out a little bit more about myself and how to help myself. Um, but so yeah, I mean, my my story, if 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 you want me to get into that, is is sort of so. I went to the doctor in um, it was January 22, mm. and I kind of was at the end of my tether sort of thing. And I just, I just said to him, like, describe my symptoms, anxiety, panic attacks, all sorts mm. of things going on in life at the time. Um, re really sort of, like, kind of like what they describe as burnout with, with yeah. regards to ADHD, sort of gone past yeah. the point of no return. Um, and he treated me for anxiety, as he's always done. I mean, as I've yeah. said, this has been with me for years and years, mm. and he's treated me up that. So it was... Um, he put me on sertraline and he, he sort of um, sent me for counselling. Mm. And sort of like I went along with it. I thought, okay, we'll try it again, see if it works. It's never worked in the past counselling. Yeah. I've had it sort of four or five times now, but I went with it. Um, and, and right enough, nothing, it just didn't work at all for me. Not, mm. not one bit. Um, so... Uh, it was kind of like my, my sort of moment of realization with regards to ADHD came um, when I was watching me, my grandson playing mm -hmm. um, in, in the living room and he was bouncing around. Now, my grandson is, is, is non-verbal autistic. He's four and a half years of age. He's non-verbal autistic. Mm -hmm. But just sort of noticing his little traits, his flapping of his hands and, 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 and the things that he was doing. Mm -hmm. And I thought... That's, that's incredibly similar to the way the way I sort of did things when I was a kid, and even now I still. Yeah. If I get excited about something, mm. I, I have to sort, of, sort of flap my hands and what have you. So, yeah. So I kind of um, uh, I, I thought, have I got autism? Is there something mm. along the lines? You know. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, I, I thought about about. What, you know, you go on on Google, don't you? Yeah. And you have a look on social media and you start to pick up on things and what have you. And, and everything started to point to mm. some sort of neurodiverse condition. Mm. Um, so, but not just for me, for me, I'm, I'm my son, yeah. who is also, he's not, he's not got a diagnosis, but he's also, without doubt, he's got ADHD. So it's almost um, like three so, generations, is it? It's like you, your son and your grandson. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I reckon I can trace it back to my mum as well. Mm. Um, my mum's sadly not with us anymore, mm. but she she was uh, an alcoholic, which obviously is another big sort of trait, if you like, um, of, of somebody who's got ADHD. And um, yeah, and, and without a shadow of a doubt, she was a hoarder, she had OCD and all that. So, so it, it's mm. definitely sort of running in my family without a shadow of a doubt. So yeah, so I went, I went to the doctor and asked the question. I actually asked him, 
did he think I had autism? Um, because I didn't really understand, you know, enough about ADHD and autism to, mm. to know what was what. But it, and he, it was him who said it's more likely ADHD. Mm. That was kind of like how I found out what yeah. you know that I had or possibly had ADHD, and obviously I was referred off to the NHS from from there. And 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 uh, well, I've still not had an NHS <laughs> assessment. I'm still on the waiting list like everybody else. So your GP was like, oh, I don't think you've got autism. I think you've got ADHD. Off you go for the assessment. Or was it a bit more involved than that? Was it? It was, well, it was kind of like, I'm got, well, well, yeah, GPs. Um, yeah, I, I think it, it, he's not, he wasn't very old fair, if you like, with, with it when it comes yeah. to it. It was more me telling him yeah. than him telling me. And he's, there was a form that he asked me to fill out and it was actually should have been filled out by himself. Um, but I took it home and filled it out on his behalf and, and gave it in and he sent it away for referral. It was just basic questions and what have you about, about, the, about uh, ADHD. Anyway, he sent, he sent it away and I got within two weeks, they got back to me and they said, yeah, we, we think you need an assessment. But the, the, there's a two year waiting list in my area, which is, Pretty good, considering when you look, I think other areas are waiting five plus years, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I think even Yorkshire's talking about stopping assessment completely at the moment. Really? Oh, well, yeah. that's, that's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, but yeah, so um, that was in, that was in August last year when, when that sort of, when I got that referral. Um, but as I say, I, I sort of, I continued, I think once, once I'd got that in my head, my mental health actually continued to decline. I started to feel um, a lot worse and maybe anxious and frustrated because obviously I kind of like maybe finally found out what was going on. Yeah. And it, it was going to be a couple of years before I could do anything about it. And so uh, by the end of October, I think it was, yeah, it was October last year, I it was that bad. I was having panic attacks and all sorts. I went sick from work, um, and um, and that obviously then got work involved. Um, now, as a firefighter, obviously they they, they sort of like they, they really do try to recognise mental health. I, I don't think they're quite there yet with it all. It's there. It's kind of like certainly with it when it comes to neurodiversity, they're sort of like setting up various networks in work now, but. That because well, as soon as I said ADHD, they were very keen to help, um, and it, they actually pay, they actually referred me for a private assessment, which should have been a rapid private assessment. Yeah. But again, I had to wait quite a few months. I mean, that that was done in in October last year, and I, mm -hmm. I had the assessment at the end of May this year. So that kind of like shows you how, how many people are, are yeah. presenting with with the problem now. Um, so so yeah so that was that, yeah that was that I sort of got my referral and I was kind of like treading water for six months. Um, they put they they did straight away what which was good of work. They they put me on uh, what we call other duties. So yeah. they took me away from operational duties mm -hmm. because of the anxiety and what have you, and they put me onto other duties. Um, so so I don't ride on the fire engine at the moment. I'm sort of like office based, but it, it's it's allowed me to sort of focus on me rather than on yeah. on, on the job, which is stressful enough in itself, as you can imagine. Um, so so yeah, so yeah, I had the 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 assessments. Obviously, um, that's a trauma in itself. Sort of filling in. I was going to say assessments are really easy, isn't it? They give them away now. How was your yeah. process? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I wish. But yeah, no, it's sort of like trying trying to find somebody who who remembers me when I was a kid because my mum my mum's died. My, my dad's knocking on a little bit, and I actually had to go to to my auntie to sort of mm. to ask for her. Um, and it was something I, I kind of knew that that, mm. that I had problems when I was a kid, mm. but. but she her explanations to me was like wow I didn't realise I was was quite that bad mm. sort of thing um, yeah I was a sort of from from a very young age I my, my sort of symptoms were were, were were lack of engagement I didn't engage with anybody I, I, I played on my own mm. um, I, I, you know I, it was one word answers to questions I didn't there wasn't a conversation in me I was very very shy. Um, and it, it was kind of like that. That when I went into nursery, um, they um, they they, put, they gave me a one on one, which I suppose must have been very rare back then. But they were concerned that I wasn't literally wasn't interacting with with the other kids and and and, and sort of um, wasn't. I was obviously different. Um, but yeah. of course, back then, I don't think ADHD or, or autism or anything like that was really really thought of. So. After after sort of being in nursery for that twelve months, I think it was kind of like thought, well, it's just what, just Chris, it's just who he is. That's yeah. what he's like. And I was kind of left to my own devices. But there was a chance there, you know, yeah. it, that it could have been caught. Do you know what I mean at that point? Yeah, yeah. I think there's that thing of like, because I know we've discussed this before. I think where we talk about ADHD didn't exist thirty years ago. Like it's that thing of like, no. it just wasn't a thing, especially not in the UK. Of going like, what is this thing? It's it's naughty kids in school, and that's that was kind of the be all and end all. And you grow out of it, and it's like oh, I'm still waiting to grow out of it. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, that's it. Well, that, but that's I think that was the, the sort of thing you you kind of like you you'll get better, and they just you sort of it's something that never happens, and the understanding wasn't there, and 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 do you know what? The understanding still isn't there. I mean, I've got both my sons. Mm. Have, are not are undiagnosed, but yeah. I'm one hundred percent sure they've both got ADHD. Both struggled in school. Almost my my, my eldest son is a, like a, a mirror image of me. Really, really struggled in school, um, and he, um, in fact, he was kicked out of school. Mm. But he just got in with a bad crowd, mm. um, big tall lad as well. So it, you know, he, he stuck out like a sore yeah. thumb sort of thing. So if there was any trouble, it was it was always in. Um, and I just, I feel sorry. I really do feel sorry for him because mm. I didn't know enough about the condition, but sadly, neither did his teachers. Now he's only 22 years of age, you know, so he's, it's not as if this is, it's a long time ago. This is, this is a recent time. Mm. Um, so <laughs> I remember, um, what this was in primary school as he was leaving primary school, one of his, um, his last teacher he had in primary school, she said, um, she loved Tom. She, she 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 had him for a couple of years on the bounce, and she said, "I really like Tom, but he's just he's just a little bit different." She said, "He'll either be a historian because he loves he loves history, um, he'll be a stand up comic because he likes he likes to tell jokes and what and what have you, or he'll end up in prison." And we kind of thought, "Well, what a strange thing to yeah. say!" But basically, she was saying she'd identify. kind of like she yeah. identified something there, hadn't she? But she hadn't. Had the knowledge to sort of react to it. Yeah, and it, that thing, like as a parent, like being hearing that as well, like. Well, we just laughed it off. How do you deal with that? Yeah. It's like, what does she mean? And, and we just, at the end, we just thought it was like a bit of a tongue-in-cheek sort of comment. But 
mm-hmm. you know, in in hindsight, all these years later, it was she was she was noticing that there was a problem, but not didn't have the knowledge to sort of deal with it at the time, which was sad for him because he went on to struggle massively throughout throughout school, sit exactly the same the way way that I did. No, it's it's really hard. And then, sorry, we've kind of gone off track. track really interested in this. Sorry, I know I'm, I'm terrible. For, this is what this was me worry when I said I'd do this that we might end up floating away and and going off track and going off on on a on a tangent. I think for our listeners, all of these are going to be like this. We're always going to go off track and we're always going to talk about things that are interesting as well. So, so just... yeah, interesting to us, but, but yeah, we might we might switch off a few neurotypical types. But yeah, it'd be interesting to us because we all relate to it. Yeah. I think it's. I feel like it's not interesting outside of this conversation, probably. But if it is, it's great. So it's that thing of like, if you're still here, lovely. <laughs> yeah. um, so in terms of you had your assessment, it took you from October to May. Assessed and all fine, right? Life's moving on. Ball of cherries. Oops. Yeah. So obviously, we had. I had the assessments, and I, I suppose it was kind of like. Um, I mean, straight away, obviously, I don't know what your assessment was like, but she was fairly straight with me and she said, mm-hmm. look, you've got combined type ADHD, we'll write a report, but that's that's where, what you've got. Um, and she also said that there was a possibility that I had autistic, autistic traits as well, so that might be a comorbidity, but mm-hmm. obviously I'd have to have a separate assessment to that. So I suppose my initial reaction was one of relief. I don't know yeah. whether... Whether, whether you felt the same, but certainly massively relieved that I'd kind of like, I'd finally found out what was going on after 49 years. Um, but it, but very, very quickly that turned to sort of, um, I suppose, sort of anger and frustration and you're kind of like grieving for that, that, that lost life, if you like. We, you know, I didn't really um, sort of, you know, what would life have been like if I'd have known that I had ADHD and how how different would that have looked? So it was it was quite a struggle. And I suppose as, as time's gone on, I mean, I'm t- a couple of months down the line now and I'm still not really, I've not quite got my head around it all and, and, and what it actually means for me going forward. No, no I think it's, it's I think like grief as well. I hope. Being very close to my forties, but not quite there yet. Is that being a bit like looking at it, going, "If I'd known this when I was fifteen, would it have made a difference? Would I have failed because I've limited expectations of other people and unlimited expectations of myself?" Going, write him off; he's got ADHD, or would it have been the other thing of actually he needs a bunch of support, he needs this, he needs that, and being aware of yourself and going, "Actually, it's not me. I'm not lazy. I've got ADHD. I've got this, but I can't pay attention because." You're really boring today. Or I'm not just, just going to be following my interest and my interest is not here. I'm too hyper. I need to leave the room and take five minutes. What would life have been like without that? And I've got no idea. And that's the thing. And, you know, we, we kind of like now it's what we're learning how to look after ourselves. And we've always done it. We kind of like, I suppose you mask, don't you? And you try to fit in. But you do, like say you walking out of the room has always been a big thing for me. I kind of like if I, people just I hate people. I really do. I know that sounds <laughs> that, but you just hate people. They just get on my nerves, and and 
you know, quite a lot of the time, even if I'm in work, I'll, you know, I'll go and sit in a room on my own and just have a cup of tea quiet while everybody's, you know, having lunch or whatever, because they're just making too much noise. They get, and you know, it just gets on my nerves. It's, it, it really is sort of like, I, I just don't, I don't do well with people, I must admit. In terms of like masking, I, I don't know if you found this, um, but after my diagnosis, I really struggled to mask again. And to go actually, from from my experience, I, I kind of motivated myself through anxiety and fear of not doing stuff and going, oh, people are going to feel make me feel bad or I'm going to feel bad about myself or I'm going to make myself feel bad if I don't do the thing. So gets, let's go and do the thing. And if I don't feel bad about doing the thing because of, there's a reason why, I found it really difficult to kind of get back to that high performance that I was used to. Yeah, well, like you say, your confidence takes a knock. I think it's so, like, I notice it a lot in sort of social situations, again, around people where I sort of, I really, it's kind of like you're more, you notice more. It's that masking is, you you notice, that, like, for instance, the wife might say, you know, you, you're doing this, you, you, you're you doing all sorts of things and you mm. stop doing the things that calm you down. Yeah. But yeah, I, I find it difficult to interact a little bit with people. I'm more self-conscious of, of what I'm doing um, and, and sort of um, struggle to sort of, um, oh, I'm really struggling. Do you want to take a break? Yeah, just give us a minute. Yeah. I don't know what, do you know what? I don't know. I think I've built this up in my head and, no, that's all good. It's absolutely fine. I don't want to let you down, and that's what, like this is that's another one of my another one of my things is is sort of having a, a terrible. I have a fear of failure all the time, and a, and a, and letting people down. And I suppose that's I don't know. That's just that again. That's what that's one of my traits. I suppose I, I'm forever sort of mm. you know if somebody says can you do me a favour, I'm always saying yeah, even if I don't want to do it and stuff like that. And 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 it's sort of like. I kind of like do too much if you like sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's exactly the same. In like the previous one, or the first one I did of these, it's like, was that was that okay? I was like, yeah. It doesn't. It does not matter what you say. I think it's that thing of as long as you're kind of honest and authentic. A thing of like, it's your story. It's yeah. A, it's that thing of like, it's about you, and it's yeah. If you don't want it to go any further than this, absolutely fine. Like it's not going to let me down. That's that thing. We are having a chat. I I get the benefit just from listening to you. As well. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But it it, it is. I am. I don't know why I'm struggling. I'm usually really fluent. And like if I was talking, probably if I was just talking in the pub, I'd be mm. I'd be off on. I'd be going for it. Like, but I don't know what it is. It's it's. it's I'm just struggling. Really struggling to get get the get it out if you like if that makes any sense yeah 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 no it's totally makes sense i mean i was i was saying i was writing on the thing earlier um this is a podcast um it's for normal adhders and like it's that thing of like we are normal for adhders and that's different to normal for neurotypicals of going like I have a little break. Like you're not feeling it at the moment. Cool, it's fine. There's there's no pressure here. Like it's that thing of like I have been in sessions uh, with my ADHD coach where I'm get, where I'm getting coached. And I've gone, you know, I just I'm too hyper today, and we just had to stop. And it's a bit of a well, I first thought it was going to be a bit of a waste, but then we did like calm down, took a break, and just kind of relax. I went okay, 
is this is this going to happen? Is it not? And it did, and that was great. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, that's fine. It's how that reacts together, you know, and and, and, we, and whether you know, sort of, you you do what you what you think's right for ADHD, but am am I sort of living my life the right way with regards to if I've got autism? You know, so I I really am sort of confused as to as to how how to go forward. I mean, I do, so you know, so I mean, we do we, we all do various things. We have our own sort of tricks, don't we? And, mm. and mine's fit, um, yeah. and that's something that, as you probably know yourself, it's it's so important to sort yeah. of exercise and and to get them sort of endorphins and dopamine flowing, if you like. Mm. Um, and, that, and that is it's sort of like my go-to. If I'm feeling down, I'll go for a run. I'll go to the gym, and it, it really does help. Um, but but yeah, I mean, and obviously, I, I mean, I, I can't tell you how much how much do people do you spend. I don't know whether you do supplements, but I just take pretty much everything. That Ended. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, you started to do like, what was it? The pre-workout stuff and the post-workout stuff and the hydration and the protein powders and oh, just, Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, I do all that, but, yeah. but it's, but for ADHD as well, it's like, yeah. so, like I just, I'll take oh, omega-3s and vitamin Ds and all sorts of things. I've just started taking lion's mane. I don't know whether that worked, but just, just sort of taking anything to try to help with yeah. the situation. But, it's not, it's not scientific. It's not sort of, and I'd like to speak to someone that knows a little bit more about how to deal with it. And, 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 and you know, a coach would obviously would do that for me, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, it's that thing of, I'm going to do a future episode with someone who is not an ADHD coach, but a coach with ADHD who's had ADHD coaching as well to talk about the differences. It's like when you're saying about counseling, not working with like, if you don't understand the condition, you don't understand the disorder, like, well, why don't you just do it? Why don't you just, well, it's like, well, because my brain's different. And it's, I've, I've found just that thing of having that, oh, what's the word? It's like a shorthand language of saying, well, I couldn't do that. And it's like, okay, cool. You couldn't do that because I couldn't get out, out of bed, for example, or I was stuck. I just could not start the task. And you go, well, could you tell me about your motivation? Like, no. No, I've got an issue with task initiation. That's that's my that's my yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> well, that's that, yeah. You and me both. I mean, that's something that's that's that's. I mean, that's that's ADHD in a nutshell at times, isn't it? Half, half of your day is the challenge of sort of getting off the seat and 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 getting to work, sort of thing. One once you sort of get into it, I, I tend to sort of be okay, but it's just initiating a task is just an absolute nightmare. My, my message just goes mad at me. You know, even just washing the dishes is a massive challenge to me. I just, I, I don't know how, my brain just breaks things up into, into like, different, like, sort of, I've got to stand up, I've got to walk to the sink, I've got to fill the sink. And it's sort of like, some little tasks just become a, a massive challenge almost to me. And, I, you know, it's just crazy. It's just the way that, obviously, it's the way my brain works, but it, yeah, it's just so difficult. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, you say it's the, brain, the way that your brain works, it's the way that my brain works as well, going like, what do I even need to do? I, I don't even know. Like, I can break it down into all these different things. Then you tell me to do something different. Oh, no, I can't. Or, or I've started something and you go, "Could you, would you mind doing that thing that you're already doing? Nope, lost all the dopamine, don't want to do it anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, how dare you ask yeah. me to do this thing that I was already doing? 
<laughs> well, yeah, my house was, yeah, well, it's, it's not too bad at the moment, actually. I've finished most of them, but decorating and things like that, half done tasks and stuff like mm. that, my, oh, absolute nightmare. Just, and, and why? I mean, you look at it and you think, I, I know I need to do it, but I just, I, so, so decorating the room would take me not not days, months, it really would. In fact, there's, there's these doors behind me could do with a, with a bit of paint on them and I've not done anything with them. A bit of value. I've, I've got architrave missing for about three years. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, uh, every, every time we come out onto the landing just out of here, it's like, yeah, you took that off three years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, do you know what? The best thing is just don't look. That's the way that's it for today. Don't even look at it. It's the, just forget it. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it'll be fine. You'll do it wrong. You'll do it wrong. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get that. I'll get the motivation to do it. And it'll be done really quickly. Um, yeah. But, but that's that. Yeah. I mean, for me, motivation is, is, I'm terrible. I really, really am. Uh, you know, unless, you, like you say, if something that's engaging, then yeah, fair enough. I'll get up and do it. And then you've got the the issue with the hyper focus, then, which is you know sort of a whole different box. I've I've heard people describe hyper focus as a bit as as a, a superpower, but it's 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 way it's far from being a superpower. It's it, it it's quite debilitating at times when you. You know, you're constantly focusing on the same thing, whether it be a, even if it's a good thing. It's yeah. like so. For instance, one of the things I mean, we've, we've been trying to book a holiday for the family and getting everybody together and what have you, and getting dates sorted. And you know, is a nightmare. So it's been dragging on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. But I can't tell you how many searches I've done because I'm constantly searching. <laughs> You know, so I, 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 and then you know, you start to look at TripAdvisor and do it, but it really obsessed with the holiday. Yeah. And now, we, funnily enough, we booked it yesterday, so finally, maybe I can move on and do something else. But I've been, but it's it's kind of like my whole life's been, yeah. You know, sort of involved with looking for a holiday and and, and sort of like it, it drives me insane. It really does. But that's it. I mean, you you you, you hyper focus on all the wrong things. It's not it's not practical. And and nine times out of ten, for me, I'll hyper focus on the negatives rather than the positives. And that's I think that's where obviously my I, I mean I do suffer terribly with anxiety and, and and sorts of worry and panic and all sorts of mood swings. And that's that that hyper focus is is what drives it at times. It really does it. And it and it, and to get you just can't get out of it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that, that thing of like that rumination, that kind of going over and over and over things of going, like, yeah, you don't choose what it is. Like, oh, it could be a bad social situation or it could be something that you've not done at work or it could be someone said something that two years ago and you go, oh, I had a but that, 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 <laughs> that, you know, that, But that's the thing, isn't it? Why? I mean, I can, two years isn't even close. I mean, I can think back. 20 years and get embarrassed about something that happened then. Do you know what I mean? It's something ridiculously silly, but it, yeah, it's just, it, it just occupies brain space and, and, and what have you. And I suppose that's, that's obviously the hyperactivity part of it. I mean, it certainly is for me. I mean, switching off is, is it never happens. I mean, even, even at night, yeah. I, just, I don't sleep very well. But yeah, my brain, I'm, I'm constantly thinking and moving from one thing to another. And, and it's, it's, it is really, really debilitating. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm okay with sleep, but I'm not great. So if there's something going on, like this week, 
every day apart from this morning i've woken up at 4 a.m and it's like right. oh well let's let's think about the podcast let's do the podcast let's do the i don't want to yeah, do the yeah. podcast at 4 a.m <laughs> yeah, but, but, but that's yeah but your brain does yeah, yeah. But, but that's it i mean again that's that's bit obviously been your hyper focus if you like for the past few weeks and now you're sort of like realizing then mm. that, that, that hyper focus hopefully you'll 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 sort of you know, you'll, you'll be able to chill a little bit more and, and calm down. But it, but it is, it's not helpful. And like, say, you, you, sleep's, for me, sleep is is, is, is really important. And, and we all know how important sleep is. But um, but getting sort of six hours is it's very rare, few and far between for me. I mean, it's, I kind of like, so, you know, I've started taking the medication now. And I suppose having that, at 7 a.m. in the morning, which is when I take the first the first dose, obviously because it's a stimulant, it kind of like helps a little bit. I'm a little bit less groggy, but it's certainly something that's that seems to be. It, 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 I, I, it takes me forever to get going in the morning. You know, I try. You know, you drink coffee or whatever to try. You know, I know you shouldn't really drink too much caffeine, but I just drink it till it comes out of my ears. To be honest. Um, but yeah, the stimulants seem to cut the need out for that. I don't, I don't tend to drink coffee as much now. Well, I can't because it it just sends me loopy. Yeah, I think it's it's that thing of like, and I'm not on medication, so I don't know. But what I've heard is that thing of like, coffee is almost like a self medication before you get on stimulants. I'm going like it's it's the only thing that's legal that you can go for, and it's like it's totally fine. I'm like. Yeah, I've, I remember days where I've had three or four cups of coffee before I've left the house, just yeah. to get moving, going like, yeah, yeah. And like, I remember when I was talking with my psychologist in my diagnosis, he was like, so when'd you get up? And I was like, I don't know, I get up. I think my alarm goes off about six. And he was like, okay, what time do you leave the house? I was like, about seven. He's like, what do you do for an hour? I was like, I don't really know. Like, I wake up, I stumble around, I get lost, and like, I just generally potter. He was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're exactly the same as me in that respect. I wouldn't say that I potted. I, I generally just, I, I'll just sort of put the news on hmm. uh, and just and just sort of get, get put the kettle on, put the news on and just sit there. And it takes, it does take me sort of 30, 40 minutes to even consider starting to get ready to do stuff. And, hmm. and I think like the medication it's, it's kind of like it does the same thing as caffeine to be honest but it just seems to do it more efficiently it kind of like does sort of focus me a little bit and get and get me moving a little bit you know sort of a bit quicker and what have you but yeah i mean caffeine my relationship with caffeine has been shocking i mean i don't I, I, it's i can even i can drink it at night i don't know what you're like but it doesn't seem to affect me too much later on but you said that i do struggle to stay asleep so maybe maybe it's not the right thing to be doing i think it for me it's that thing of it doesn't affect my brain but i have got to the point where i've had too much of my heart starts palpitating and i don't know yeah. if it has to do with stress and anxiety on top of eight nine cups of coffee in a day of going like mm, we'll, we'll ease that back a little bit <laughs> right that yeah I do, I do, well yeah well <laughs> i when i started to, again to the medication but when i started the medication i didn't cut the caffeine down and mm. that was 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 bad it was like say the palpitations mm. were ridiculous um obviously i've, I've monitored my, my, my blood pressure and, and what have you and that went through the roof for the first couple of days but i say i cut the caffeine down and yeah. you know it seems to have settled down now so yeah it's pretty it, it's working pretty good so far 
touch wood. <laughs> I lost. I hope it was sort of like if I can, if it can just improve my life a little tiny bit and just yeah. give me that little bit more focus and concentration, whatever it might be, just sort of quieten the the, the brain down a little bit. I, I think. I mean, I'm only on a low dose at the moment, and obviously that's going to increase with time. But it, it does seem to be be sort of beneficial to me in, in in a small way. But hopefully, with the dose increase, it might it might sort of help a hell of a lot more. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's that thing of medication and side effects as well. We're not medical professionals. We're not offering medical advice. Well, no, definitely not. No, no. Yeah. It's it's such a slow process. It, it it it's it's frustrating, and you know it's. I mean, we, we all have anxieties and what have you, and, and that it just adds to it. And the, the whole system. Obviously, we know the NHS is struggling, but the whole system of get from from sort of getting from A to B is is too slow. And you, you know, especially they say from, from my point of view, I'd like to get involved with the coaching, but there's a cost implication and and all that. And I, and and you know, I've got. And I'm paying for the medication as well, so you know, for the time being, I'm probably it's one or the other for me. So that 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 has its own difficulties as well. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, and, and you find that no, no matter because there's no services out there with 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 the NHS and what have you, it it, it just it, it is a money trap sort of thing. It, it, it's very expensive. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's there's probably something to call out. Like between the pair of us of having the privilege of being able to for me afford coaching you to afford medication of going like there's a bunch of people out there who can't afford the diagnosis as well i'm going like i've got something yeah, exactly that, yeah. somewhere and maybe i'll get seen but i feel this way every day well that's it i mean people would be no doubt give up you know and they, they, they sort of it's a new trend. It isn't a trend. It's just something that was never. It wasn't sorted in the first place, if you like. And it's, would you know, it's only just evolving as 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 a condition, and people are starting. You know, it's starting to get noticed, and that's all it is. It's it's there. I mean, yeah. I think the figures were five percent. Is it something like that? I think we'll be above five percent to be honest. Yeah. You know, neurodivergence is is yeah. is way higher than five percent for me. Yeah, I think exactly. You start looking around, you start talking about it, and other people start reaching out, going, "Oh, yeah, I, I've had three people, four people in the past since I've been kind of talking about ADHD reach out to me that I know personally have gone, oh, I'm going to go get a diagnosis. Oh, I think I might be. Oh, I think this is.' And you go like until people kind of understand not, not clear, what ADHD is, because I don't know. And it's just yeah, say it's no idea what sort of research and and, and by accident really. I mean like TikTok and things like that. You know, who'd have thought that that would have been a great tool? But it is. There's so many good good content creators on there. And if you know, if you think you've got ADHD, that's the place to go to to to, to sort of find out. I mean, obviously there's some not so good stuff on there, but the majority of the people I've followed on there are really it's good mm -hmm. information. Obviously, I mean, I suppose, it, so, so obviously my knowledge, I, I'm only just finding out about ADHD myself. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of like a new thing for me and we didn't understand what was going on with, 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 with my son. Um, you know, he, he kind of like, he, he totally lost his way. I mean, I might, you know, he, he got involved with the wrong crowd, the, mm. you know, even to the point where um, 
you know, he got caught with drugs. He got caught with drugs. That was basically what what, what happened with him. Um, and he was he was caught in school with drugs and got and got kicked out of school and what have you. But but yeah, that sort of give us give us a bit of a bit of a strange warning saying he, you know he could end up in prison. And we thought, you know, what what do you mean by that? And really, we should have at that point. You've got us. We, we should have as parents. We maybe should have got our heads together and said. Well, hang on, maybe do we need to go see a doctor? And there's been times where he's obviously, you know, he's very similar to me. He's got, a, you know, he struggles with anxiety um, and, and, and and not putting two and two together um, and, and sort of trying to get him some help with, with the doctor. I mean, even him, I think he referred himself once. He went to see the doctor. This was, he was a little old, I think he was 18. Um, he went to the doctor with anxiety um, and... The doctor did the same doctor as me. He did exactly the same thing. He just sent him for counselling, yeah. and 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 I think, that, you know, as much as, I mean, I I feel like I've let him down, but the doctors are letting people down as well because they're not spotting they're not spotting this. Um, and and I, I mean, I don't want to sort of. I, I'm sure all doctors aren't the same, but my GP um, certainly with regards to ADHD and my diagnosis. Um, just didn't seem to have a clue what to do and he sort of like said there's the form fill it in and off you go um and so so for him to spot that off the bat like with somebody who sat in his surgery explaining the their issues and the the problems you know I, you know it's not going to happen is it so you know so my, i say my son went and seen him and he just did it it's he's had it he had a tough he had a tough start in life um you know, he, he's turned it around. He knows he's got ADHD. He's not seeking, an, the eldest isn't seeking a diagnosis at the moment. He's kind of like sort of seeing how he copes with it. Um, and, and he seems to do pretty well. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's, he's quite an impulsive sort of lad, but he doesn't sort he doesn't, you know, he doesn't drink. He doesn't sort of do the things that, that, that you know, would be damaging to him. So he's kind of managing it himself. So if I if I say about my younger son, he's he's the opposite. And uh, an initial question: How how is how do you feel? And what, you know what what's it? You know, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's that thing of it's easy or easier to pick up on physical disabilities. It's easier to say my child's deaf, my child can't see, my child can't walk. It's really difficult to go. My child can't concentrate, or my child is focused on this, or all the different things of ADHD, it's all intangible internal stuff as well. And like, unless you can recognize the behavior and maybe question it as well, as opposed to the labels of, oh, he's a bit lazy. Oh, he's a naughty boy. Or, oh, oh she's very quiet. And oh, she's always upset. And that thing of, yeah, if you, if you can't have that patience early on to ask those questions, um, especially within education, I think that is that thing of looking at it and going, that's how we identify it, of saying, this, this is something that is causing this child, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say it, it's causing this child harm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is, for me as well, that thing of like, you spend your life yeah, just saying sorry, and like, you're, you're saying sorry for being yourself. Which is really I don't think it is sustainable to have ADHD in the long run. Uh, 
and I think there's that thing of the suicide rate show it. The um what is it? The um incarceration rate show it, the unemployment rate show it, the burnout rate show it. It's that thing of it is just so difficult to just exist. And it's that thing of what I struggle with is that people don't seem to recognise it. Um, neurotypical people going, Well, life is hard, right? You should be struggling. Like it's it's work for, it's called work for a reason. You shouldn't be having fun. And it's like, yeah, but you don't quite understand. That brings us to the end of today's episode of This is ADHD. I want to be Brené Brown when I grow up. And the phrase of hers that jumps to mind for this episode is that vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. And in today's episode, I just want to acknowledge how much bravery Chris came with. He was a bit nervous about coming on, but he showed up so well and with such incredible vulnerability, sharing his journey of navigating through life undiagnosed and feeling even now that he didn't quite fit in. It's just boggles the mind. Um, if you don't have ADHD, oh yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. As neurotypicals, I want to kind of share with you the idea of how to show compassion and empathy when it comes to neurodivergent experiences. It's crucial that we create spaces where individuals with ADHD and autism feel seen, heard, and accepted. Often the urge is to seek to provide comfort in the first instance or to offer solutions. There's often that thing of, oh, I do that as well. Have you tried this? Have you done this? Everyone's a little bit ADHD. And that is challenging. Most of the time as ADHD is, we want to be heard and acknowledged. And I hope I demonstrated some of that today in this episode. Thank you so much for joining Chris and me today. I hope you will join me in the next episode of This is ADHD. Also, I'm still learning to be a podcaster, and I didn't realize in the first episode that I shared no ways for you to get in touch. You can find myself at the Chris Johnson, uh, at myself, Chris Johnson, the coaching blacksmith is on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, and LinkedIn. And you can find the podcast as This Is ADHD Podcast on Instagram and Threads. Next episode, I'll be joined by Thomas Woodhams, where we'll be talking about the 10 things that we hate about ADHD. Thanks. Bye.